Hey guys and welcome back to Tea with Mackie. On today's episode we have another guest in Stephanie Irwin. She's the first woman guest we've had on this podcast and she's a UX designer blending fashion with technology. She's also a podcaster. Um, her podcast is the Fashion Originators podcast and she interviews a lot of different people from the fashion industry. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. Yeah, I, I guess we'll get started. Just tell me about yourself, really. Um, what do you do and how have you um, got yourself into the position that you're in currently cool i'm stephanie Irwin. i'm the host of fashion originators podcast i'm a product designer working in fashion tech so essentially what that means because i know product designer is like quite a broad title is i design app screens if you think of like the social dilemma that documentary about how social media is evil so we're kind of the people who design things in the evil way <laughs> that gets you addicted to various platforms so yeah, I've been doing that within the fashion space alongside my podcast. And yeah, I kind of fuse my, basically my podcast fashion originators is all about people in the industry who kind of do things differently. And it kind of has a tech sort of slant to it naturally mm. because of my background. So yeah, that's me. So you started your podcast in 2017, I believe. Is that right? Was it towards the end of 2017 or like around mid? It was at the it was at the end of 2017. Yeah. I started it while I was an intern at Farfetch after okay. graduating from university. And it was really just a way for me to like meet new people. Mm. Similar to what you're saying, like yeah. podcasting is a great way to have conversations with people you may not like have actually yeah. been able to speak to otherwise. Yeah. Like if you cold email someone like wanting it career advice or like just to like yeah, if you just want career advice or a job or something, it's a lot more difficult to get a response than like wanting to give them free promo and have them on your podcast. Because <laughs> yeah, even yeah. if five people are listening, it's still free promo for them and whatever they're doing. So yeah, it's been a really great like avenue for me to make friends. And I like to think to be better at speaking, although it's weird to be on the other end of the mic. <laughs> yeah, do, do, you don't often do like ones where you're the guest, I assume especially compared to how many episodes you must have done for the fashion originators it must definitely be a um a bit a bit strange maybe yeah i distinctly remember the first episode i recorded which was with the founder of lululemon which no yeah. pressure <laughs> still to this day probably the most like high profile person actually hot lamoda but he like is kind of the chip wilson created lululemon so i'd say he's the most right. high profile i remember yeah. I did it. It was like a phone interview. So we didn't see each other. Like okay. we're seeing each other now on zoom. Yeah. And I remember I would ask a question. I would just like, ah, like kind of scream, <laughs> like not like audibly, but like try not to freak out. Yeah, and yeah. that kind of just goes away over time. Um, you just kind of get used to it. I'd say. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask, um, like, I, because you're obviously more comfortable now, you're more used to it, but did you always start off um, quite comfortable um, just speaking, I guess, um, into a mic and then speaking to somebody you've never met and having those interactions? Or did you have to develop that? I'd say like speaking on recording, like I was a debate kid in school. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know, did you, did you do debate tournaments and stuff? I, I, we did for like certain classes, but I never did it um, just like on my own, like with like the debate society and stuff like that. I never did, but... 
I know like in English we had to do stuff like that. So as a debate kid, like I was really high level, like super nerdy back in Canada. I'd say I was always used to speaking and kind of like preparing like what I was going to say. But the one thing that made me nervous was just being on recording because I didn't really know how to edit things. And now I like to think I can speak in a way that's easier to edit. Yeah. So instead of like saying tiny little ums or something, (laughs) I would just pause and be able to cut out that pause. It would be so much easier. But I think you asked about like solo episodes and I do sometimes record those, but yeah, yeah, I I feel like it's just more natural when you're talking to someone else rather than talking to yourself, even though people seem to really like those. So yeah yeah i'm still i'm still trying to figure out the um the ums and the ers and all the fillers i still i I do it a lot um but i think you're definitely right it will it's something that i think with practice you'll just crease out so you 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 sort of blended tech and fashion but i believe you do like ux design is that right yeah do you want to explain a bit about what ux is and and a big difference between like ux and ui for example Sure. Yeah. So basically, um, UX design, see, I said it again there. (laughs) I still say, um, even to this day, (laughs) anyways, uh, user experience is basically the journey that you have from downloading an app or going onto a website to like creating an account to interacting with the site to maybe checking out online. It's super important in the sense that you want this experience for your customers to be as easy and quick as possible, you know, so they buy your stuff. So they, they buy your stuff not only more quickly, but also they know how to buy your stuff because it's just something they recognize from prior experiences buying stuff through digital platforms. And given everything happening now in the world, it's become more important than ever to listen to people. And yeah, it's right now for the app I work for, um, I work for a big fashion app. Um, We're doing a lot of stuff with like app signup, kind of how can we make the benefits of the app more clear to the user and mapping out the kind of user journey. So like, they download the app, they land on this screen, they go to this screen, what happens when they go to this screen and kind of thinking about all those scenarios and working really closely with developers. So user experience is more about the journey, whereas UI design is more of like the visuals. And I do both. (laughs) And most designers, most designers do both as well. Um, But I mean, people do have their particular strengths. For me, I'm just fascinated by the whole like, rabbit hole of like places people can go and like different cases and yeah and all the different patterns and like looking at other apps and how they deal with certain situations that's really what interests me the most but yeah ui is more of like the visual like graphic design side of things if you will (laughs) it's interesting like because you wouldn't like um fashion tech you wouldn't associate um somebody I know like early on in your um childhood you liked sketching like dresses and and things taking things out of magazines and stuff um what led you into tech itself to be honest I really initially wanted to go into editorial and then I did my first editorial internship (laughs) and I just, I realized I'm like, wow, this lifestyle is really crazy. Like I love fashion, but I kind of saw the way that people did things. And I thought this is really inefficient in like an unnecessary way. Like I'm all about working hard and just really giving it your all and not slacking off. But 
you know, people were just so disorganized and businesses are so poorly managed, especially the magazines that I feel kind of rather bold saying this as a young person, but I just feel like everything I saw was so obvious Mm. that I don't really feel like a genius for saying it, you know, (laughs) like you shouldn't have to stay on a shoot from like five in the morning till three in the morning the next day with no breaks. And like, if you're not paying your staff, like you don't have a sustainable business model. And I guess basically the company I work for now, I, after that first editorial internship, I um, did a temp placement at the company I work for now. And what struck me is like people, you know, they were still in the fashion space, kind of doing fun, cool, creative things, but you know, they had a bit more balance in their lives. They, you know, communicated like openly and regularly in like meetings called daily standups and they back up what they do with data and facts and things, just the way they thought, like they're kind of their brain power process. Like we still work very hard and output a lot of work. Like I'm crazy busy right now, but I'm just excited. I feel like my brain is engaged and like when I'm working overtime, it's not more of, it's not a test of how heavy a box I can lift. It's more of like a, you know, how great of a design can you create? So I'd say it challenges my brain more. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's like the, the sort of mental challenge where you're, it's difficult and you have to figure it out, but that's the kind of things that you enjoy doing, I suppose. Yeah. And I just, I love, I love fashion. I have like strong brand knowledge. I know a lot of people. So I think that's kind of their incentive in hiring me is I not only have like the design knowledge, but I also love fashion and kind of know how things are displayed on fashion e-com websites, because pretty much ever since graduating, I did have a little dalliance working in content again, (laughs) because Mm. I forgot what it was like. (laughs) And then I quickly remembered um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a fashion tech person through and through and everyone has their individual goals. Like if you want to work in a magazine and you think tech is dumb, like, I don't say, I don't mean that in a patronizing way, but like, you know, there's different industries, there's different parts of the industry for a reason. Cause we all have different goals. And yeah, for me, the, the tech side just makes the most sense and is yeah. the most fun and pays more too. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what, what did you actually study then? What did you graduate in? So what's interesting is pretty much everyone thinks I went to London College of Fashion, Mm. (laughs) but I did not. (laughs) So I studied in St. Andrews in Scotland. Okay. I did English literature. Um, So initially I thought I was going to be like a journalist or a lawyer. So (laughs) that's such a stark contrast. (laughs) Yeah. In Canada, you do your undergrad and then go to law school. So I thought I'm like, well, I'll do English and then become like a journalist or writer but yeah things just kind of changed (laughs) as as you live life and get out in the world you know nothing nothing goes according to plan like not only for 2020 but just in life on the whole I think Mm. and um you mentioned an app that you're building do you want to talk further on that and what what that's about and sure yeah i'm designing a website right now called your fashion career that's basically like a fashion company review site sort of like glassdoor for fashion i hope it can kind of evolve into something bigger um it's still like quite it's still quite early days and just trying to balance that with like a lot of other things right now it's it's taking its toll but I'm really excited for the new year and to kind of push that forward. I have, I have devs working on it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm helping them with some design stuff and 
so many, so many spinning plates at the exact same time, yeah. but I'm working it out. And I'm thinking, I'm like, maybe I want to take on a freelance client. Like I have, I think being a creative, you just have so many ideas and like different, you know, ways you can get income. It can be a bit mm. overwhelming. How do you, how do you deal with that then? How do you deal with such a um, busy schedule? I'm in the thick of it right now. <laughs> if you, if you know, let me know because, oh my God, I, I like made a big career change this year. Like, you know, some other things in my personal life, like weren't working out. And this year there has just been so much going on. Like, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. Like, all I want to do is just be with my family and friends mm -hmm. and just chill. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's like all I want to do, like deep in my soul. So I think Christmas holidays is going to be so good for me to kind of just get my fill and then yeah. come back. But I don't, I don't think balance. Do you think balance exists? I don't really feel like it does. I think it's difficult because there's so many factors when it comes to like because you have you've got so many things that you want to do, but then you've also got the emotional side and you're taking care of your mental health and then doing the tedious stuff like cleaning your house or going to the gym or you know so there's there's so many factors that it's very difficult to balance and I think I always admire people that are able to schedule their time very effectively and you know not not so much the people that are like yeah I'm up at 5am and then I sleep at not not so much that but more just like people who can they understand that they don't need to do everything in one go but they'll they'll plan it in such a way that they're still achieving good things within the span of a year or so. They yeah. prioritize and that's kind of like yeah. the tech like design, you know, mindset towards stuff is like what's most important and mm. doing a really good job on that and kind of you know making sure you have enough time to sleep in the evening rather than <laughs> like the editorial, you know, mindset that's like you know, let's go into the office every single weekend. Let's, you know, call people for no reason on a Sunday morning, like that kind of thing. Um, it just kind of drains you after a while. Mm. So yeah, schedule. One thing that's been really good for me um, this year has been Notion, this kind of life management tool. It's kind of like Trello. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. I've heard of Trello. I've heard, I've heard about Notion, but I don't know much about it. It's a really great way to kind of plan out your life and your yeah. goals. It's kind of like flexible online templates. They have an app as well. And I put my schedule in there and I feel like every day I'm learning different things okay. that I can do in yeah. Notion. So it helps me manage my time a lot and kind of, I plan my week like a week in advance. So I can never do last minute plans with people. <laughs> <laughs> do you, so like when you're planning your week, do you plan by um, hourly or do you do like a rough sort of, get this done within nine nine to eleven or something like that I don't know so usually I have like an outline of the initial things I need to get done so like I schedule in my workouts you know whether it's like a zoom workout class or a run I have them scheduled in at specific times um, I kind of think okay what things do I need to accomplish this week and then yeah. kind of map out the time for them like a couple hours here a couple hours there because it's so easy to just be completely exhausted after work yeah. and <laughs> I mean, sometimes things don't get done and sometimes new things come up, but just having a general idea of, of where I'm going is good. And I'm excited to reevaluate my goals for the new year. I know people say like new year's resolutions are dumb, but 
I feel like just reevaluating your goals like every six months is so good. Like I had to do that in in summer because so much changed that I felt like none of the mm. goals I set in January were even valid anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I kind of agree with that. I feel like new. I feel like people put so much emphasis on New Year's resolutions and that you have to wait till the end of December and then plan everything out and then it comes to like February and everyone's like, yeah, well, sat this off. I've not done it for a week, so I'm gonna just completely quit. But I feel like um just like month by month or every six months as you said it's just good to like reevaluate where you are in life and where you plan to go and um the sort of mini tasks and projects that you might have one thing i've learned uh lately is just trying to and i'm still working on this so i'm by no means perfect just not see like my goals and projects as a big deal so mm. to just kind of see myself as like the kind of person who would you know create yeah. like a tech platform the kind of person you know who would work out four days a week um the kind of person who like eats healthy doesn't have like a lot of meat like kind of and just not freaking out about it and kind of because i think that's part of the problem that i have and a lot of people have is i just make stuff into a big deal and that kind of expends energy and then as a result i have less energy to actually do the thing (laughs) yeah that's it's an interesting point because then that sort of leads me into the whole idea of like the imposter syndrome like have you felt that during i guess during podcasting during your career or even like personal life i suppose totally especially i'd say it's largely like a career thing for me um it's it's weird to just like learn something because for me I got into design like earlier this year and to have like really senior people be like Steph what should we do about this I'm oh my god or interviewing like the YouTuber Hot Lamode like in his (laughs) early days (laughs) I was like holy shit I was watching this guy's videos all summer and now he's at my house and I'm like this is so we had such a good time like he is such a cool person um but it was a bit weird it's kind of those like what is my life right now it's kind of like an out of body experience i'd say it's a good thing if you have imposter syndrome though yeah. because it means you're pushing yourself yeah, yeah yeah you're getting out of your comfort zone i suppose and it's funny like so with because obviously now with covid and everything i guess most of your podcast will have to be on zoom so sort of similar to this um but before before um covid and before zoom was even popular what were you doing in terms of um inviting guests do you do invite them to your house do you go to like a cafe do you hire a studio like how did you deal with that sort of aspect of it um so i am a huge believer in like real in-person conversations i obviously haven't had any because of covid but I would usually invite people over or say like, I'm happy to meet you in like a public library or somewhere quiet. Like if you don't want to come to my house, that's totally fine. Um, Most people just come to my house to record. Um, I just, I had a few issues early days with recording over, you know, I had never really done it over Zoom, but I had like Mm. a call recorder on Skype and it just totally messed up a few times. And I'm like, nah and plus the like awkward pauses and zoom is better in the sense that we can like see each other's faces so we're less able to like interrupt Mm. so yeah i just usually invite people over offer them a a fun trip to the library (laughs) (laughs) 
that's brilliant and and just like speaking about um your podcast I, f- I feel like this is more um these are more selfish questions for me to just sort of gauge um where i'm at and get some feedback from you because i feel like you've done it for so long that it's it's um it's good to just get advice i suppose but um i guess well a good question is where do you want to take your podcast do you have like long-term ambitions or is it merely just just meeting people and just just the um sort of networking side of it so i'd say like my goals have kind of changed since the beginning and i think that's totally okay like my goal in the beginning was like similar to yours like just wanting to genuinely meet and connect with new people i wasn't like i'm gonna make a ton of money and quit my job as a result of my podcast like that definitely wasn't the goal um now i definitely my vision for it is to be like a channel for my other projects so it's always going to be something that's happening in my life perhaps to like a decreased frequency you know when i take on like client projects for design next year or like also have to manage my website i definitely the frequency will decrease but it will always be there kind of as a channel to lead people to my other stuff but definitely i kind of see myself as bigger than just having a podcast but it has given me such like an amazing network of people i've met it's crazy like a girl who listens to my she's a friend now actually (laughs) to my podcast in portugal like i went for a web summit and she's like hey we should hang out and like because of my podcast we hung out it's crazy i love it yeah and i I suppose like um in terms of like approaching people how do you how do you um do you like email do you like dm them? is it like a linkedin sort of dm how do you approach um, guests that you want to um, have on your podcast and then as a second question how do you deal with certain people rejecting you if you've if you've been rejected that is oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah I I distinctly remember one of my childhood idols I managed to get her email address yeah. and she asked me like how many downloads I got per episode of the podcast and it was fairly early days at the time even still, I'm not the biggest podcaster in the world, but I do have like a really awesome engaged audience. Yeah. So I told her the number. I was like, this is it. Like, let me know if you still want to come on. And she did not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so clearly it wasn't. What's weird is I've had people that are like way more famous than her, like on the podcast. So I had honestly, I just, I usually would email people, sorry, message people on LinkedIn find their email address like first name dot last name at company name dot com usually works as well just in the email like name dropping the other people you've interviewed with no shame so they can because if they want to be like for instance if someone has like an athleisure brand and I come to them wanting to have them on the podcast and I'm like oh you know I just interviewed Chip Wilson and I'd love to interview you like that's really flattering so I think if you frame it and not in the right way, people can get really excited. So yeah, just cold emails, LinkedIn, um, follow people on social media as well, just to kind of keep them on your radar. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's very, um, quite valuable. I ne- I've never thought about it that way, just like dropping in like a name. And I definitely agree with you in, in terms of like, I guess it goes down to a human level when it comes to like, some people will be more famous but then they'll accept you and then there'll be some people that are maybe a bit less famous but they'll either think they're a bit too big time maybe or or whatever this the situation might be but I think it definitely goes down to like the human level and how people are um in general 
hundred percent. And just because someone's super famous does not mean they will be interesting to talk to <laughs> at all. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Cause I, I remember like I had, um, I had a guy on who, and I, I suppose do you have to deal with this as well, where, um, some people are quite closed off to begin with. So it can be very difficult. So for example, I said, um, you know, tell me about yourself. And he had maybe 10 seconds and he was done. And I felt like, okay, I'm going to have to really dig deep um, and really, really um, make him warm up to me. Have you ever felt like, have you ever experienced that, I suppose? And how do you like deal with it? Yeah, a friend of mine said, oh my God, you should have this guy on your podcast. He's so great, blah, blah. And he was like quite a cool person. Like yeah. he had a really interesting business. So I interviewed him on the podcast, but his answers were so short to all of my questions that I would really have to dig and like pick out like the one word in the sentence he said to me and kind of dig deeper in that and kind of ask questions off of that. And it definitely requires, you know, a lot of, thinking on the feet i mean it takes i think two people to have a good conversation but it mm. definitely has challenged me a bit before but yeah sometimes people just take a minute but i mean usually before i interview people we just have like a casual chat like hey how are you doing would you like some tea just try to make them feel as comfortable as possible but that's definitely something i've i've faced i've been there i, I yeah, feel you yeah. <laughs> and then um i suppose like with when you're preparing questions do you do it quite off the cuff or do you like do you like to just like have a, like a written notes because like with me I have like a piece of paper where I'm like I need to have everything written because I feel like I might just forget something in the moment sort of thing but I know some people are quite confident just going off the cuff I suppose it helps me to have a structure so I don't get off on a tangent it's this funny balance between having a structure and not letting things drag on for too long and go the wrong direction, but still have a conversation that feels natural. So if a question comes up or if they sort of already answer a question on my list, I kind of make sure I skip that. So I basically have an outline. I have more than enough questions on the outline. And then based on the conversation, as it goes, I ask certain questions. And if certain ones are really important to me, or if like people on Instagram are like, hey, can you ask the person this? Then I always make sure those are included as well. Yeah. And it's it's really cool because you're actually the first person, um, the first woman on my podcast so far. I've, I've interviewed four guys. So I was really looking forward to interviewing like a woman and just seeing like the difference um, in just like, I guess, thinking and um, dealing with different difficult situations. So I guess my question is like, have you felt any hindrances um, within your career and just because you're a woman and you feel any like disadvantages because of that or anything you've had to like overcome because of that? I'm, you know, I think everyone has varying levels of, of privilege in life. I've definitely had experiences with men where they've been quite condescending, yeah. I'd say, of me and just my ideas or like talking over me or that kind of thing or saying basically like my way or the highway mm. yeah, <laughs> about yeah. certain solutions and it's it's tricky when people are a lot of the time they're more senior than me but being in fashion I'm largely working with other women and what I find it's not necessarily men who are trying to tear me down but other women who kind of get glee whenever I make a mistake which does happen sometimes 
<laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I'd say, yeah, some, some like definitely men can be patronizing at work mm. and you kind of just feel like it's, it's, it's a hard feeling to explain, like being yeah. treated, you know, differently or made uncomfortable. I've had people say like inappropriate things as well. Um, and I really just didn't, I had to, I witnessed a situation actually, they, it wasn't in direct, you know, relation. Well, it was, I was involved in the situation, but it wasn't directly about me. Like there was one other intern on this photo shoot who was incredibly gorgeous. She looks like Taylor Hill. Like she's one of the most gorgeous girls I've ever met in my life. And she was wearing just jeans and a t-shirt on this photo shoot. And whereas I was wearing like a massive black t-shirt, like trackies, like black, like I was very much blending into the background as interns do. (laughs) And my kind of boss came up to me and he was like, you know, insert girl's name. Um, she like is distracting the photographer, this very famous British fashion photographer. Like he like really fancies her. Like, could she please wear something different? Like she's being distracting. Like, could she borrow some clothes from you? And I was like, excuse me, (laughs) but also this is really wrong. So just witnessing that. And I thought this girl is so beautiful that like, you know, even if she wore my baggy Pink Floyd t-shirt, she just got more attention because she had even cooler clothes now. (laughs) But yeah, I'd say that was, that was pretty messed up, but all in all, it's just other girls being competitive is the main problem that kind of brings women down. What did you actually do in that situation then? Did you, did you offer your clothes? or like? Yeah, I was like, hey, you know, <laughs> insert boss's name, said that you should borrow clothes from me. Like she didn't have like her boobs out or anything. Yeah. She was just wearing like a slim fitting t-shirt and jeans. Yeah. So she borrowed clothes from me. And in the moment, I didn't realize how messed up it was because sometimes, I don't know if you found this, like when something weird or shocking happens, you just don't know how to respond. Mm. That was definitely like, I was sort of paralyzed. Like this doesn't feel right. You know, it's, it's not her fault. This photographer is creepy. He's like in his sixties and she's like 18. Yeah, no, um, I I suppose like, I I guess that was quite a while ago. I imagine, um, unless you tell me it was like last week. (laughs) Oh yeah. This, this was, this was during my um, first fashion internship. And if you do enough Googling, you could figure out where it was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like, I guess um, now having had more experience like within the industry and obviously like um, there's, there's a big sort of um, fashion is known to be quite toxic, I suppose. And a lot of people are known to be quite, not money hungry but they they'll happily um try and climb the ladder and push you off it if you like have and you you, you've dealt with this but how prevalent do you think that is this the whole like toxic um energy that's within the fashion industry or is it just made to be seen as more than it actually is i think a lot of a lot of competitive industries and not just fashion are definitely like this in the sense that some people are so insecure in their own abilities that when they see you make a mistake, they like to point it out to your boss and be like, Stephanie screwed this up. But one would hope that your boss isn't so stupid to not see that this person is just trying to tear you down. So, I mean, I just try to approach my work from doing the best job possible and just wanting to be good at my work and, you know, help other people and lift them up. Yeah. 
I don't believe in just like the energy of like wanting, getting excited about other people messing up. I think that's just, that's just not great. And like gossiping and saying mean things about people that again, is just additional energy expenditure. That's not necessary. I think that sort of toxicity is alive and well in most corporate environments, but I think it's especially bad within like the editorial fashion realm of things, which is why I kind of got out of there for the sake of my own mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was speaking to a friend yesterday about something very similar. That is the whole idea. Like some people are very, um, I guess selfish and very self-absorbed within their own sort of bubble and they refuse. I think it was more about politics, but they refuse to sort of help people up and lift people up and everyone's kind of, not everybody, but a lot of people are very in it for themselves and they um, don't realise that as a society you should be lifting other people up, you should be helping people because, you know, in your life you're always going to be helped in some capacity. Like, nobody makes it. Like, you could be the best um, podcaster in the world, but, you know, why? Because you've you've interviewed great guests and, you know, that it's a, it's a two-way sort of thing and in in life you're always going to get that help so you should always be willing to help the people I suppose Um, yeah well it's about as well like how you define success I remember this prominent editor every time she would enter the room like you couldn't you were not allowed to eat in the same room as her because she didn't like chewing (laughs) this is kind of like some you know Ellen DeGeneres was getting all like called out for it so like Hollywood has very like similar types of people but you can feel the oxygen be sucked out of the room. And I thought, if I'm ever at her level and I walk into a room and I make other people feel this way, like that they have to eat in the stairwell, that they can't Mm. say anything, that they have to hide, like I don't want to be successful if that's what success is. And it had a really powerful impact on me. And I, I don't know, I just, I find it funny as well that like these people claim to be so woke and yeah. so like with the youth and whatever i'm like then why don't you pay the youth there's an idea why <laughs> yeah. don't you have more than just you know upper class white girls in your company yeah. there's an idea and even kind of fellow young people it's like because they're they've never worked at said company before they just have no idea that this place is just riddled with hypocrisy so even t- talking about it kind of gets me fired up which is now yeah. like which is why i've sort of just shifted over to be around people who are more like-minded in the tech space yeah well it's a very elitist mentality isn't it i I feel like a lot of people i feel like it's a money thing i think i think the more money people acquire the more um i I guess it's not everybody but the more money people acquire the more sort of i don't want to say evil but more heartless and ruthless people tend to be because they want more and more and it's it's one of those like sort of it's like a snowball effect almost. I feel like it's almost not necessarily money because a lot of the time these these people's businesses don't even make money. <laughs> Maybe they make money from like yeah. other like contract work they do outside of their business and it's more of just like a for fun thing. But I think it's like clout. It's kind of them when they were younger were probably treated like trash. So they feel like now I have to treat everyone else like trash. And now I'm finally after years and years and years of hard slogging and being paid zero dollars, I'm finally getting paid. I've finally paid my dues. And now everyone else should have to do the same because I went through so much pain in my life. Mm. And I don't know if I agree with that. I don't. I don't agree with that yeah. at all. I, I guess like I was listening to um, 
do you know Stephen Bartlett, Diary of a CEO podcast? So he's he's very like yeah he's very like business, but his podcast is more like his sort of personal experiences journey, and but then it's also about like his sort of mental health and stuff. But he was talking about that whole idea of um, a lot of our insecurities and how we project them. Um, a lot of it comes down to like I guess trauma in our past, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a major thing, but it sort of parallels what you're saying. Um, how a lot of people are they'll they'll flaunt their wealth openly because they might have come from a situation where in their past someone's flaunted to them and they've not liked it or you know they might just have been very poor and it's it's just one of those things where people sort of bring out their insecurities in a very unhealthy way and it can uh, make for um what what you've experienced with um the woman who didn't like people chewing is is it's it's very strange isn't it like the sort of how people develop from things in their past i suppose or they almost kind of perhaps take on traits from people who've hurt them in the past too yeah. they're like oh some some girl who always bullied me who was super popular she wore a lot of louis vuitton so now that i'm rich i'm gonna buy a lot of louis vuitton <laughs> I don't know. It's an interesting kind of psychological thing to think mm. about. It's making me think about other areas in my life that I won't talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> that's, fair, that's fair enough. Uh, um, I wanted to ask about, um, so you, you did a podcast live episode. How did that go? And, and how did that um, idea even come about? So I did one last year with Lone Design Club. Basically, they're an awesome sustainable concept store based in London. So I did it it had been my dream to do a podcast in real life with like a live audience. And I thought it was, sometimes I like to set crazy goals for myself. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my God, is anyone going to come? I don't know. So I was just promoting the shit out of it. I think we had like 60 people last year, all in like their concept store. It was just packed and it was just the energy. It was so exhausting, like preparing for it. And the whole thing was like, what is sustainable fashion? And Obviously now because of coronavirus, we did one on the same day as we mm. did last year, but digitally and all about, you know, mental health. So I'd say that the questions we address really are about like what I'm thinking about at that given time. I'm like, Lone Design Club kind of approached me again. They're like, hey, the last event was so great. Like we'd love to do something. And I'd always been too busy to do another event, but yeah. finally I kind of, my schedule was sort of simmered down a little bit and I thought, why not? Mm. <laughs> Um, is is this something that you think you'll do in the future again if I, I suppose if they um, reach out again or even if they don't is it something that like on your own terms you'd love to do again because I, I suppose it must be very different doing a podcast live and having to speak live and that must, that's very different to just speaking to one person um, face to face I suppose yeah I mean I definitely would probably do it independently at some point um, do a, do another event maybe have it like raise money for a charity I think that would be if I could go back in time I would probably make it like a donation thing yeah. because so many people registered that I think even if people donated like five ten pounds to like Mind UK or something yeah. that would be so important like given during this pandemic like the toll that you know has been taken on people's mental health is insane yeah. so anything to to help that yeah and um just a final question and this is more like a, a sort of um a hypothetical scenario if you like so you're hosting a dinner party um at your house of course 
And, oh gosh, this um, one. Yeah, this one. <laughs> I'll be there, of course. Um, I'll be the chef. And you're allowed to invite three people, dead or alive, who you picking and why. Okay, for, first, what food are you making me? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a surprise on the day. It'll be Fish a surprise on the day. Uh, oh gosh. Okay, so three people. Who would I invite? Yeah. Hmm. I would invite Imran Ahmed, the founder of Business of Fashion, because yeah. he's Canadian, total legend, super cool. He kind of went from very much being an outsider in the industry to kind of being like integral to it and being mm. like the only source of interesting fashion news. I would invite, I'd invite Hot Lamode back because he's okay. really cool. Yeah. And who else would I invite? God, this is all like, if I'm like, I'm thinking just within like the fashion space right now. Yeah, it can, it can be anyone. Or maybe I would invite them. And then I would also invite, there's a philosopher called, a French philosopher called Montaigne, who is not alive, obviously. Okay. Yeah. And he wrote like a series of essays on like how to live. So right. I feel like that would be an interesting combination. Imran yeah, Ahmed, Hot Lamode, yeah. and Montaigne. It'd definitely be an interesting mix. I feel like a lot of fashion would be spoke about in that, in that conversation. But awesome. Um, yeah, you've been great. Is there anything you'd want to wanna plug? Anything? If you want to check out my podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at Fashion Originators Podcast. At Steffi Irwin's my personal. I post about design stuff sometimes. I really should be posting on it more. <laughs> and yeah, my podcast, Fashion Originators, is on all the podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify. And leave a review if you enjoy it. Awesome. And it is a brilliant podcast. I love it to bits. Uh, thank you thank you for coming on appreciate your time thank you super fun